the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Welcome to today's show. Today we have an incredible man and he's now serving the Lord and he's amazing. I've known him for a very long time and I'm honored to call him my friend and not only that but we want you to hang out for the latter part of the show. Um, we, we we will be coming out of Daniel one seventeen, and we thank you so much for taking this journey uh, with us. Hawaii, aloha, and it is great to have you tuning in with us as we're also in San Diego. Um, today, David Toloumu, thank you for being here today. I am excited to have you on the show. Um, can you give us a little introduction about you so our listeners in Hawaii and in San Diego can know who you are, David. Yeah, hi, Adam. Aloha for all the people in Hawaii. My name is David Toloumu uh, from Oceanside High School. Uh, played under Dick Tomey at the University of Hawaii from 78 to 81, alongside with Gary Allen, who had just passed away these a couple of months ago, uh, by the way, but uh, happy to be on the show. Happy for the Hawaii listeners. Uh, we still pray for those in Maui. We thank you all for joining us in this uh, half hour, hour. What do we got, Adam? Uh, half show? hour, my brother. We're going to go into amen, right now. Amen. Woo-hoo. So, amen. so David, you know, I've known you for, for a very long time. Uh, you were one of Oceanside High School's best running back ever um you and uh, Arthur Hemingway were like the dream team back tail uh you ended up getting uh uh picked up by UH and Arthur got picked up by USC and we know what happened with Arthur he had a tragic accident but tell me a little bit about your high school years and um and what eventually uh uh, caused you to know that you were going to go somewhere and as a running back? Uh, yeah, well, uh, praise God. I, I just, you know, God's way is, and is beyond the visions that we have on ourselves. We all have dreams and, and, and as teenagers of, of going to the best colleges and so on and so forth. But 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 God has a vision for us too, and and He puts the people in place. And um, believing in God as a child, our parents brought us up that way, and and uh, uh, being recruited by USC, our host was Mosi Tatupu, and one thing Mosi told me was go somewhere where you could play early and play all four years to gain experience because. Uh, the NFL, not at, you know, less than one percent make it in the NFL. That was the going term back then, uh, even in the seventies. Less than one percent, not one percent. Less than one percent make it into the NFL. So he, uh, Mosi Tatuka was all about go where you could play as a freshman, so you have four years of playing football, and that might be your last four years. Get an ed- college education, well. Going to Hawaii in 78, teaming up with Gary Allen for four years. We were both fortunate to get drafted into the NFL at the conclusion of our four years. And um, just thank God for that. Um, And Adam, as you know, uh, we ran track together. (laughs) We did. 
And I was going through high school when Oceanside and El Camino split up. That's correct. I didn't have a good relationship with uh, Herb Myers. For some reason, he really didn't. He really didn't take too keen of me because of the lifestyle, the wild uh, type of Samoan I was as a teenager. <laughs> you know? And um, yeah, it was just fortunate that God had made a plan that. That our high school split into El Camino and Oceanside and Toki and all the great ones went over there, Tucson, Tyler, and we stayed at Oceanside. And, and, and Adam was a great uh, 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 track runner in a mile and a half mile. And, and even in your freshman year and sophomore year, as I was a junior and senior, uh, watching you run those 800 and mile uh, and those mile runs, I, it was just. Remember, you used to come around on the laps, and I had a grape, and I just hand it to you on the run, and you stick it in your <laughs> mouth. And those are the things that it just comes off the top of my head as we're talking. That I, I I really remember. I love running track. We were on the same track team, and and it's just a blessing. And and look at us now. Amen. Growing up as a child from the same neighborhood, <laughs> east side of Oceanside, and and you being Mexican, me being Samoan, that never mattered back then. Amen. You were a dude, I was a dude, we'd compete, you know, I'd run, I'd beat you the first probably 150 yards, 100 yards, but after that, you go streaking right past <laughs> Hey, so, I'm running to the boys club and back. I'm hey, like, wow. man. So let, let me ask That's you a question. Guy. Let me ask you a question, David. Uh-huh. You, you played at high school. You uh, you were an amazing running back. You got picked up by UH. And, you know, yeah. one of the reputations you had, and uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I didn't really even know you knew God because I definitely didn't. But tell me about, sure. uh, uh, about, um, you ended up going to um, UH. Uh-huh. Um, you did well. You got uh, uh, picked up by Atlanta. Um, but tell me about some of those years that you played at uh, UH so our listeners can kind of understand your mindset because I know you also got caught up in the party scene in Hawaii. So tell us a little bit about that because then we're going to go into your walk with the Lord now. But tell us a little bit about those years at UH partying. Oh, yeah. Uh, coming from California, again, uh, smoking weed was an everyday thing. Cocaine was out there in the late 78 and the 80s. So we were indulging in all those things. And back in the in the 70s and 80s, the drinking age in Hawaii was 18. 18. In California was 21. Wow. You moved to Hawaii, the drinking age is 18. We had girls in the nightclubs drinking alcohol at 16. Wow. 10, 15, because they didn't, they just didn't card back then. They didn't card. So it, was real, it was real easy to go drinking, and then, of course, drugging. And, you know, Hawaii had the best pakalolo back then, you know. <laughs> Uh, uh, we called it weed over over in in, in California, and Pakalolo was the name in Hawaii. And and yeah, when you started smoking that Pakalolo, it, it was different from the weed we we were used to in so, California. So I was pretty caught up into that that scene. But uh, but how did you do so well? If you're partying and you're still, I mean, you're still running the ball, you're still blocking because you're at fullback now. How did you do so well? Yeah. It's, it, it just didn't, uh, it didn't really hinder me playing the game. It's, it's the same game we were playing when, when we were in elementary school at Laurel Elementary. Yes. Near the queer, you get the ball in your hand. And everybody's trying to tackle you. Everybody's trying to, trying to tackle you. So let, let me ask you a question. You get drafted by the uh, at, at Atlanta uh, uh, Falcons. You, you're playing for them. And, and you told me something that really kind of triggered me in my mind. Um, you wanted to play pro so bad that you did what, David? And I know you've recently 
started yeah. talking about it, and I, I know now. Yeah, well, in 78, my, my, my aunt was a, was a, a, a Samoan uh, uh, a wife of a pastor of Assembly of God, and that was in 78, when I first went to Hawaii, I got saved by my aunt's church. It was the Central Samoan Assembly of God. In Hawaii? In Hawaii. In wow. Hawaii. Wow. Okay. The summer I went up there, I said, yeah, I give my heart to the Lord. I baptized in the ocean out there in Sand Island. Wow. Uh, well, we went to, to baptize the people that got saved that day for the first time. And I was raised a Catholic at the old mission. Right. Uh, uh, down in San Luis Rey, back when I was five, six years old, uh, uh, I've been a Catholic all those years, and that's how uh, I my introduction to God and Jesus and Mary and all that started. So, um, nineteen seventy-eight, you give your life to the Lord for the first time, yeah. And then you're serving God. You get drafted and. Or be, yep. what did you do to 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 finally make the team? Because it's it's crazy when our audience hears this. Yeah, well, you get four preseason games, right? So every preseason game of, of the four, every preseason game, ten to twelve people are getting cut, and they cut all. They start off with like ninety to one hundred and twenty guys, and they start cutting after every preseason game. Twenty here. 20 there. Wow. 10 here. Five. So the last preseason game, and it was the last, we're getting down to about the last 10 to 12 guys getting cut. And I remember going on my, being on my knees. I says, I don't know, you know, if it's God or if it's the devil, but devil, if you're listening to, I'll submit to you. Just let me make this team. And I will submit my life to you. So I gave up. Uh, uh, living for God and chose uh, the devil to, you know, uh, allow to enter uh, my heart. You sold your soul to the devil. Sold my soul to the devil. You made the, you made the team. The next day, the coaches says, if your name is on this list, you do not go into. And the the, the list was on the locker room door. And the coaches, after the last preseason game, said, if your name is on the list, there's going to be a paper on the door, the locker room door. If your name is on that list, you do not enter that locker room door. Wow. So I went over there. It was Lehman Bennett was the head coach for Atlanta Falcons, by the way. I went to the door. I looked for my name. It wasn't on there. And I'm thinking, oh, no. Is it the name? If your name's on the list? You're in on the team, and then I looked again, and all the guys. One of the guys came and looked, and he saw his name, and he just turned around and walked back. And I'm like, "Wow, whoa, that's oh." Then it it just hit me. I made the team. I walk in the locker room. Everybody's uh, celebrating in the locker room. I mean, they're smoking cigars. There's beers all over the locker room. Everybody's champagneing and buffet in the locker room. Wow. it's not a locker room. It became a, just a party room at that time for all the guys that made the roster. And some some vets that didn't make it just turned around and walked away. You know, they were crying and stuff. Wow. I'm walking through the locker room like, oh, no. I'm thinking, well, if he made it, I didn't make it. Well, anyways. You make the whole week, the next week, our first game, I don't even remember who we played. Not sure if it was the Rams or it was the Raiders. It was like one of the first game of the season. And I bent down to pray, and that's when it just felt empty. You know, it's like the enemy came in my head. He goes, yeah, we made it. And then I'm like, oh, no. What did I do? What did I just do? Wow. And then I walk out to the game, and I'm looking at the stadium, Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta, and I'm like, I sold my soul for this? Is this really what I want? And as we're going through the game, that's all that was stuck in my head. And I was I was returning kicks. Uh, we had Billy Weishus Johnson doing punts, but I was his backup on punts. But I was the uh, kickoff returner guy. Wow. 
And I'm thinking, yeah, this just playing football just never felt the same. It's like a, the spirit of football had left me, and I'm playing on an empty shell. That's exactly how it felt. Wow. Then I started crying out to God. I'm sorry, God. I, I, I want you back in my life. I don't want this football. Ever since then, Adam, football never felt the same. I tried to play the game, and I, I just was just going through the motions of playing the game. You know, it was everybody's dream come true. It's my rookie year. And then we go on strike, right? So we go on strike. I come back home right so away. So what a crazy year. You Hold on, hold on. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas. We have an incredible man who who was at, who went to UH, University, University of Hawaii. For you locals that are listening, David was the man there. He ends up in at, Atlanta. But before that, in 1978, he gives his life to the Lord. He ends up in Atlanta, gets drafted. He makes a team, but he sells a soul to the devil. He looks out at the at the first game, and it feels empty. Football, that spirit of football has left him. He now realizes that he made the worst mistake in his life. And what happens next, David? And then, uh, yeah, I, I, I end up just getting cut by Atlanta just at the end of the season. And wow. then uh, I, I get picked up by, by Phila, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and it was just the same feeling. Just didn't feel the same. Uh, I really didn't want to play. I was like, I'd rather, you know, rebuild my relationship with God as opposed to playing football. So I just I just quit playing football after that. Didn't you go to the, uh, to and, the Canadian and League for a little bit? I, and then, yes, and that was in the 80s. 82 was with Atlanta. 83 was with uh, uh, with Philadelphia. Did not make the team. Sat out. And then I got picked up by uh, Canadian Football League, British Columbia Lions. Oh. And then I went up there. It just felt the same. You uh, were empty. You were empty. Adam, I just, it was just an empty shell out there going through the motions of playing football. It had no meaning in my heart like how it did when, when I was in college or in high school. It was that same fighting spirit, that gun ho spirit uh, that had left me when I had sold my soul to the devil at that point. And you know when they say you sell your soul to the devil, the devil does come and collect, right? Yes. And so I just, you know, been, been fighting that, you know, last 30, whatever, 40 years and stuff. And uh, I'm just thankful that God is true to his word. And I believe uh, uh, God has always been in me. I just didn't believe in myself enough. I keep diving back into that old vomit of, oh, I don't think the Lord forgives me because, you know, my finite mind keeps telling me that. But now at 63 out here living in Texas. and Texas! Woohoo! Shout out to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I just thank God for the life that he's allowed me to live, the mistakes that I have made in my past, uh, and and just thank God for continuing to be in my life and allowing me to live the life that I, I was able to share on this earth. And for all you out there, I mean, you can be in your, your highest of highs, and your lowest of lows, and God is always right there with you every step of the way, uh, no matter what the enemy tries to plant in your head, because the devil can only attack your mind. The devil cannot attack your heart. You have to invite the devil. You have to open your heart to the devil. That's right. For him to come in your heart. But he only can tempt your mind, attack your mind, put flashes of glory in your mind that, to fool you that they are glory, but they're all lies. Amen, and, my brother. Let me ask you another question. So you 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 get to a point where you're like, you've football's done, you're done with football, it's not in you no more. Um you've repented, you've asked God to forgive you, because that's the yeah. beauty of 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 knowing God that you can sell your soul to the devil, but as long as you're alive, 
you can break that pack and come back and ask Amen. God for forgiveness. And that's the beauty of knowing God, that he always forgives us. So that's right. you, you asked him to forgive you. Um, you eventually got clean and and uh, you're doing well now, which is beautiful. You're, you're married. Um, what's your wife's name, David? Della. Della. Della from Wailua. Wow. So how long have you been married to your current wife now? Uh, me and Della have been married 10 years. 10 uh, years. Do you, do you guys have any children? No, we do not. We're both in our 60s, so it have been too old to have kids. Okay. How, do you have any other children? Uh, Della has two boys. Okay. And, and I have three uh, two boys and a girl. Were you married at that time, or was it just uh, something? Yeah, that was my first wife. Was uh, on a tie. Okay, but uh, you now know that just it's serving God is literally what keeps you keeps you going. Look, we have a few minutes left. What would you tell someone listening to in Hawaii right now? Maybe they're a jock, and maybe they're not. But what would you tell someone listening in Hawaii? Um, uh, and how could you encourage them, David, if they're like thinking, you know, God doesn't love me. I gave up. I've sold my soul to the devil. God will never take someone like me. What would you tell them, David? Yeah. I said, God is true to words. Get close to the word of God, the word of God and your knowledge of the word of God is what's going to help you come back and believing in God. You can go to all the sermons you want. You can go to YouTube and hear all the good word you want, but without the knowledge of you actually opening that Bible and reading that Bible and allowing the Holy Spirit to interpret that Bible so that you can comprehend it is the best way of drawing closer to God. Without that, without you reading the Bible, without you gaining knowledge of what the Bible actually says, uh, you're still going to be an empty soul kind of just floating around it. You have to read the Bible. God's Word is living, and when you open it, you'll find out that you can live again through the Word of God. Amen, my brother. Without knowledge of the Word of God, again, the church can't save you. Can't come save on, you. come on. Word of God, Jesus is the only one that can save you. By learning the word of God, you will draw closer to Jesus automatically. Start in the New Testament and, and just read the gospel over and over and over. That's word, David. Let me ask you, uh, um, is there anyone you want to give a shout out to that's in Hawaii right now? Um, well, I never thought of that. I, <laughs> I, I know all of you that are that are out there, because uh, before I left Hawaii, in the late 90s, 97, 98, 96, 97, 98, I was homeless in Hawaii. I was strung up on, on, on crystal meth. Wow. Wow. I, I, uh, my wife and kids left me because I was strung out. I was a Longshoreman Stevedore wow. over there working for Matson. I gave all that up for the meth and the crack in in between ninety six, ninety seven, and ninety eight. I moved back to California with my got it right. Got back into the Word of God, and I I've been battling uh, with the enemy ever since. But now. Here I am, 23, five years later. Amen. Serving the Lord. Thank God than I've ever been in my whole life. So let's do, let's do this, David. I know you're super close to the Lord. I, I need you and I want you. We have one minute to pray for them people that are like that right now and also for the people of Maui. So close us off in prayer, my Amen. brother David. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Praise Come on. The Lord, praise God. Heavenly Father. We come to you as sinners, Lord. We know that you are alive in our hearts. We just pray, Father God, to allow us to reach into our heart and open our heart to you. 
Father God. We pray that your word draws close to our heart. We thank you for this time that Adam and David are allowed to come and bring whoever's listening. If you're down in the dump, if you're going through hard times, lean on to the Lord. Christ is there for you. He wants to love you. And Jesus you love yourself. Name. Woo! Amen. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. We just had an incredible man of God now, David Tolumu, who I knew as David Toluma. We all knew him like that here in San Diego, but he eventually went off to you to UH and did great, went to the pros, and and now he's doing well. And it is awesome to know that he repented and is now serving God. So today we want to welcome you back, Hawaii and San Diego, for listening to this amazing uh, show that God has put together we are in the book of Daniel. We just started last week. So, Hawaii, you're following along with us. We thank you for being here. And today we pick it up in verse 17 of chapter 1 in the book of Daniel. We talked a little bit about who Daniel was. He was an amazing man of God. And we just finished last week with him refusing to eat anything that would defile him or make him dirty or sin against God. And he just simply wanted to do the right thing in the eyes of God. And in verse 17, we pick it up and it says this. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. If you remember these four men, um, of course, Daniel, whose name was later, later changed by the king and the folks there to Belteshazzar. Haniel was uh, changed to Belteshazzar, uh, uh, to Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego with the rest of the guys, Haniel and Mishael, eventually became Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know the story of them. These are the men that were taken captive, were taken captive from Israel to Babylon. And we read last week how God had warned them to get right. We read how Jeremiah had told them that if they didn't give their life to God completely and follow him, they would be taken captive for 70 years And Daniel here now finds himself captive, a teenager. Some believe he was as young as 13, could have been as old as 17. I think he was right around 13 or 14, but he was a young man. And God had blessed these folks, these young men who wanted to serve God, who didn't care about anything else but serving God. And that's you if you're listening today. God should be number one. And, you know, as we read this verse, we understand that God gave them knowledge and skill 
in learning. You know that in the New Testament, James, James was actually uh, Jesus's half brother, you know, a full son of Mary, um, says this. James says this in James 1.5. If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who give to, gives to every man liberally or freely and upbraideth not or without reproach. He gives it to you without any anything that holds him back from blessing you. And it shall be given him. All we have to ask, listen, if you're young, if you're a young man today and you're like, hey, I'm done with the world. I want to serve God. Ask God for knowledge. Ask Jesus to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior. Listen, you're like, you may be thinking, look, I'm not young, but I want this wisdom. Can I ask God for wisdom? Of course you can. That prayer isn't just for young people. It doesn't matter what age you are. If you find yourself in a dark place, hopeless, and if you've moved from Maui to 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 Oahu and you find yourself homeless maybe or living in another home with a family member or just distraught because of life, you can ask Jesus into your heart again. You can ask him to give you wisdom. You can ask him to give you skills uh, to be that person uh, that changes things, that changes his own life and then begins to change those around him. Now, one of the things that we see in that verse is that Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. You can even ask God to give you that gift, the gift of being able to interpret dreams. But look, as we go further, we see what takes place. In verse 18, it says this. Now, at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, is a couple few years, um, they were now eating just vegetables, eating all the right things. They didn't want to defile themselves, these four godly men. Um, it says, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, brought them before the king. And the king communed with them, spoke with them, talked with them, fellowshiped with them, and among them all was found none. Listen, none of the people that he interviewed were like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. This is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore stood they, they before the king. They had favor from the king. God was blessing them. God was using them because they had made up in their minds and in their heart to serve God and only God. Look, in Proverbs chapter 1, there's incredible verses um, from 1 to 6 that say this. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and here's the bomb, and he shall direct thy paths. That's the God. That's the God that was blessing Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And that's the same God that can bless you right now, wherever you're at. Whether you're in San Diego or in Hawaii or anywhere else in the world, you can give God your whole heart and he will bless you. You will find favor in the side of God and in man. Verse 20 says this of chapter 1 in Daniel. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king had inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in his realm. You know what he's saying? That these men 
were better than all those people that dealt in the occult because they were worshiping the king, the creator of heaven and earth, the same God that created space, time and matter, or time, space, and matter all in one instant. In the beginning, time, God created the heavens, Space and the earth matter all instantaneously. They had decided to serve him instead of a created being. Remember, Satan is not God. He's not even God's opposition. He's not even God's equal. He's a created being. If you want to compare him to anybody else, compare him to the angel. The angel Michael, he's the other archangel that Jude talks about. That's the only other equal that he may have. But now Satan's on the other side. He can never, ever give you eternal life. He can never, ever really give you something because he's a thief, a murderer. And he comes to kill still and deceive and divide. He is worthless and he has his days are numbered, and it's coming soon. Then it says this, And Daniel continued even on to the first year of King Cyrus. Now that's a really powerful verse. And, and let me tell you why it's powerful. Because here, in this verse, we see that he was... Second in command, eventually becomes second in command up until King Cyrus. And you're like, what does that matter to me? Look, King Cyrus was named by name 150 years before he was ever even born. In Isaiah 45, it says this. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. Listen, Cyrus is not even born. It's at least a minimum of 150 years before this guy's even born. But God is calling him by name. Cyrus wasn't even a godly man at this point. He wasn't even born, but God already had him in mind. And here he's calling Cyrus, who wasn't even a godly king, but it, it shouldn't be a surprise to you. Years before, Elijah uh, was asked by God to go and anoint Hazael, who was going to be the king of Syria. So God can use the ungodly. Listen, God can use the ungodly to bless the godly, to bless the person that knows Jesus as Lord and Savior. Listen to what it says. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand have I holden to subdue the nations before him. And I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two eleven gates and the gates shall not be shut. Now, why is that powerful, that last part? And listen, verse 2 kind of makes sense when you read it. It also says, and I will go before thee and make crooked the places straight and I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. You know what's powerful about this verse? There was, uh, when Cyrus eventually conquers Babylon, he uses Cyrus, who was a Persian, to conquer Babylon and named him by name 150 years before this, a historian named Herodotus wrote that somehow the gates had been left underneath the city. You're like, what does that mean to me? So what Cyrus did that was so amazing is because Babylon had these impregnable walls. They were, at some points, they say they were like 20 to 30 feet thick. And the Euphrates, the river Euphrates used to come underneath the city because it used to keep water in the city. And 
there was gates underneath where the waterways, where the Euphrates flowed through. And so what Cyrus did is he diverted the water into some swampy area and all the water and the river dried up. And what happened is that somehow the gates miraculously were left open, just like it says in Isaiah 44. And he marched in and conquered the city without destroying the city and then eventually set up his kingdom. Wow, this is about 539 B.C. And and it's interesting because here we see that he's named 150 years before. And these verses are also powerful. I know that we have a large following also that are listening from prison, from Donovan State Prison. And maybe you're in a Hawaiian jail and you're listening to because listening to the show because you got nothing better to do. It isn't by coincidence. God can open those doors for you. He can break them in pieces. And what I mean, he'll do it legally. God will break them open legally. And I've seen God do that over and over where God releases men and they don't even know what happened. Because God can do this. If you're in a crazy place right now, God can break those gates, those walls that are stopping you from getting to the next place. This should serve as an example to you. And it's again recorded in history by a guy named Herodotus that says the gates were left open. Josephus also spoke about Cyrus. And, and it's powerful when it when he says this. Now, you know, as you read further, it says, And I will give thee, in, in Isaiah 45, And I will give thee the treasures of the darkness and the hidden riches, the secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by name, I am the God of Israel. You know what happened? There's another historian named Pilony who wrote that when he marched in, that he literally was made the richest man of the world at that time when he confiscated 44,000 pounds of gold. 44,000 pounds of gold. You think God can't do that for you? God loves you. And we're reading something that's applicable. I know we're reading about Daniel, but you see historical facts. Historical facts. And listen, I'm going to read through this pretty fast, this next part. But if you just tuned in, you're here with Freedom with Adam Riojas. And Hawaii, we give you a shout out. San Diego, we give you a shout out. Because God loves you. And listen, as we read... In chapter 2, it says this, And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams, where his spirit was troubled and his deep break from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and they stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I have a dream. And my spirit was troubled. To know the dream. What he's saying is I don't really remember what I dreamed. But I had this crazy dream. I'm sure you've been there where you don't remember what you dreamed. But it troubled you. And sometimes all day you're thinking what did I dream? What is it? But he had this dream. And then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syria. O king live forever. Tell thy servants to dream and we will show the interpretation. These guys are crooks. These guys work for the devil. These guys are the end of cult. They can't tell him the interpretation of the dream because they don't even know the dream. But look what the king says. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me. If you will not make known unto me the dream which the interpretation thereof, you shall be cut in pieces and your house shall be made in dunghill like poop. He's saying, I will kill all of you. I will turn you into poop. That's a, a not a bad word. So that you will understand how dramatic this instant was happening. God had given this guy a dream. 
and it left him. But look what it says in 6. But if you show the dream and the interpretation thereof, you shall receive of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and the interpretation. They're like, well, we can tell you the interpretation. They're obviously going to lie. But there's no way we can show you the dream. Look, they answered again and said, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will show the interpretation of it. The king answered and said, I know of certainty that you would gain the time because you ye see the thing is gone from me. But if you will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you. For you have prepared lying and corruption words to speak before me till the time be changed. Therefore, tell me the dream and I shall know that you can show me the interpretation thereof. Tell me the dream that I dream. Then I'll know that you're for real. The Chaldeans answered before the king and said, There is no man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, lord, no ruler that has asked such things of any magi- at any magician or as astrologer or Chaldean. No one's ever done this. You need to tell us or we can't tell you the interpretation. And it is a rare thing that the king requireth, and there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods. The gods. What gods? He says, whose dwelling is not with flesh. Now, what's interesting, in Genesis 10, there's a guy who, who was the beginning of, of idolatry in this land of Shinar, in this land of the Chaldeans, and his name was Nimrod. In 10.8 it says, And Cush begot Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, Even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord, and the beginning of this kingdom was Babel. Remember, we talked a little bit about this time. But we're not going to get into the whole thing. What eventually happened is, this king, you know, God babbled them. They went, they changed the languages. They're all over, scattered all over the world. But they began to deify him after his death. And and he was one of the gods known as Murdoch or Murdoch or Nimrod. And they had literally deified this guy. These are the gods they're talking about. For this cause, the king was angry, very furious, and commanded to destroy all the wise men. You guys are done. You don't know my dream, your fakes. You're, you are, don't belong to be alive, not in my watch and not in my kingdom. And the, tree, and the decree went out forth that the wise men should be slain. And they saw Daniel and his fellows to be slain. We're going to stop there because this is where you'll come back. You'll come back and want to know what happened and go ahead and read it before. But I want you to know that at this point, Daniel... And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and all of the rest of those that were picked by the king to serve him, and all the magicians and the astrologers, the politicians, and everyone around him who couldn't give him the interpretation of his dream, who wanted to know the dream, and they're like, "You, no one's ever asked that, are going to die. Daniel was a special man, but he was... Just given a death sentence. What do you do when you're given a set death sentence? If you're in the world, you're you're lost, you're confused, you're you don't know where to turn to or who to turn to. Let me tell you today that you can turn to God. And and we'll see that when we pick it up next week, that he turns to God. And we'll see how. But I want to leave you with these words. I want to tell you that you can turn to God. I know in Hawaii you guys are experiencing dramatic changes with what happened in Maui, Lahaina. I love that place. I lived there for four years. Today you can call on God. You can say, Jesus, give me the wisdom. And if you don't know Jesus, you can say, Jesus, come into my heart and give me that wisdom. And if you already know Jesus, you can say, Jesus, Father, Heavenly Father, give me wisdom 
I have a death sentence. I have an addiction. Help me to get through with this. And maybe you find yourself knowing the Lord and and don't know what to do to help others in need. Right now, Hawaii, San Diego, God wants to use you. And for all those that are listening in Arizona and, and in Utah and in some of the surrounding states, you can turn to God. You can say, Jesus, help me. Help me. I want to assure you that God will give you the wisdom and the understanding. Thank you for listening today. Lord, bless the listeners. Strengthen them. Love on them. Encourage them. And help them to turn to you. Again, thank you for listening. I pray this in Jesus' name, Father. We'll see you back next week with Freedom with Adam Riojas at 5 p.m. God bless you. Jesus loves you. And I love you as well. Woo! Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.